Welcome to Movie Mastery. It is time once again for me, John, and that Jeff. Which Jeff? That one. That oh, one okay, good. There. That Jeff. See, for a second I thought you were like like aggressively degendering me. Yeah. But no, I think you were just, there's multiple Jeffs you could have chosen yeah, from. Yeah, there's that Jeff, and there's this other Jeff. Uh, uh, hi. Uh, ooh. Oh, I, I, uh, ooh. Oh, I changed my mind. I want, I want the other Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Goldblum uh, finds a way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we are back reviewing the movies that you have recommended to us. We pulled off of the giant list that we have on Reddit. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got a movie that was actually physically sent to us. That is correct. And I can't imagine seeing this movie any other way because of the unique nature of the product yes it's uh it is a dvd choose your own adventure movie yes uh it is called D D. i don't even think it says dungeons and dragons on the cover no, it's, it's just scourge of worlds yeah scourge well there's a colon it's D D or dungeons and dragons scourge of worlds scourge of worlds scourge of worlds yeah so Dungeons and Dragons, Scourge of Worlds, as we continue our tour through the world of Dungeons and Dragons movies. movies. Yeah, this one is particularly difficult to get a hold of. And like you said, it's a little more difficult, even if you were to find this online somewhere. Uh, The fact that it is a, like, choose your own adventure and click and you go to wherever on the DVD you can't just be like, oh, I'll go to YouTube and watch the movie of this. It says it has 990 unique stories contained on the disc. Yeah, because there are 990 different ways you can combine all of the exact same things you can do. Yes, that's correct. Uh, we watched it, what, three or five times somewhere in there? Oh, yeah. We watched it several times. We uh, <laughs> we, we had to, uh, well, you know what? We'll get into that later, but let me just... Oh, no spoilers, John. No, let me let me give you the the quick rundown of this. It is uh, a D&D 3rd Edition. Yes. And you can tell it is D&D 3rd Edition because our main protagonists are the uh, signature heroes. The Iconics, as, as they were known at the time. The Iconic Heroes of D&D and Regdar. Yeah, and Regdar. <laughs> Regdar, well, Mia Lee, and Lydda are our main characters here and, yeah and then you could you'll also encounter rain while you're making your way through it who is the druid that i believe is it i can't remember for sure but he has the antlers and everything so it might be the druid from the iconic druid i don't think so no all right i don't know i thought it was a lady but it, oh maybe it is no i think it's a half elf dude i don't it's, know it's the official druid i mean the book's like right behind you i mean can... i am literally within arm's reach of a D third edition book Dude, right there, now. i have I, I think i have two copies of third edition and one of 3.5 over there yeah but God knows I am not going to move an inch to find this. <laughs> Fair enough. So, Zero research. So at least two of the iconics of D&D fame, the uh, the halfling rogue Lydda and the elven wizard Mia Lee. And Regdar. And Regdar, <laughs> the fighter that gets killed in every picture. And, and Regdar is also here. Also Regdar. I guess because Tordek would have made it too many non-humans in the party. Yeah, way too many non-humans. I mean, I would have way preferred to see Tordek in this thing. Right? Tordek is rad. But no, Tordek fights a dragon wall in its mouth because Tordek doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, Tordek's a rad fucking dude who eventually gets to be the uh, Dwarven Defender prestige class picture as well. Regdar holds up a two-handed sword in one hand and a, two- and a longbow in the other like that makes sense. <laughs> he, he, he is basically a miniature that you would put on a table. Yes. 
Regdar is also light green, both in the movie and in the book, for reasons I've never quite understood. Yeah, it's uh, it's a strange thing to go with, but yeah, he's like half Namek or something. <laughs> yes, never have quite. He's a fusion. He's he's a fusion. He's finally the Namek fusion has been achieved, and it yeah. is this guy. And it's and it's fucking Regdar. I mean, isn't Piccolo a Namek fusion too? No. Like, by the end of the story, I mean he can. Fuse. No, he is. By the end of the story, he he's permanently fused with another Kamek named Nail. In, in fact, I'm pretty sure his full name is, and, and some Dragon Ball nerd is going to correct me on this, and please do, because I'm curious. Uh, I think his full name and title is actually Kamekalo Nail. <laughs> Kamekalo. Uh, Kamekaleka he, Kamekaleka heine ho, Nail. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's the full name. That's his full name. Every time. you got to say the whole thing yeah. every time. <laughs> well, it's because he's part Piccolo and part Kame, and then later on when they go and do the, uh, the Namek arc, he also fuses with some other fucking namak named nail so he becomes kamekalo nail oh god you know what what's terrible dragon ball <laughs> i don't know later on there's an episode there, there's a whole episode where vegeta wears a shirt that says bad man on it <laughs> and piccolo is wearing one that says post boy so i think i think that kind of redeems it for- which i think is basically just us in a nutshell bad man and post boy <laughs> we'll let you adventures <laughs> <laughs> is it too late for us to look for a new dot com? Right? Badman and Postboy. <laughs> so we are going to be right back with the full play by play and then go back to where our finger was stuck in the book and different play by play of this movie. <laughs> That's correct. We aren't going to talk about Dragon Ball the whole time. No. So we will be right back with Scourge of Worlds. I feel like some person who actually does know all the Iconics is super mad at us right now. Oh, probably. For not remembering Vidania the Onion Druid. Yeah, that Vidania Onion. So, sorry about that. There's some little light green elf dru- that's a lady druid that's the Iconic. Oh my god, there, there is definitely some nerd who is listening to us, and during that little interstitial music, was just like, Vidania! How can you not know Vidania? It's Vidania! <laughs> I mean, I know the, I know most of the rest of them. Like, uh, you got the 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 monk is a lady human named Ember. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, who's the bard? The no bard, one cares because well, bard sucks. Well, it in depends third on end. which book. Uh, it, the bard is Dimble or Trimble or something in three point five. And then in in, in the Shrumblers, <laughs> the Shrumblers, you have to save us. What were you doing, EverQuest Two? What, what were what were you doing? I, I think we've already told that story, so there's no reason for me to get into it further. But still, no, but my God, my God, but no, yeah, it was uh, Dimble or something like that. That's the uh, the the gnome bard. After they make gnomes official thing in three point five, they make them into bards as their favorite class. Remember that? Remember? Remember? Remember berries? Yeah, yeah. but like. Uh, and then there's also what you got, uh, Hennig, Hennig or something like that. Is the sor- yeah. H- Hennig is the sorcerer. He's like all belts. Yeah, 100% belt man. He's like, he's like all belts. All the- He's like a belt golem. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Lulu. And then the cleric was Jozan. I could do this all day. I got this. Yeah, you got it. I'm up to speed. And the barbarian? Krusk. <laughs> man, nothing compares to a little half-orc at home. Man, nothing quite like old Paramore jokes to really get your audience going on a Dungeons & Dragons movie. At least we're on the right topic, I guess. Krusk. 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 <laughs> so, so, so. So, Scourge of Worlds is weird, and I don't, I have no idea why this would have come out. I mean, 
I ha- again, no research, but I have no idea when this came out in comparison to, say, the actual D&D movie and... 2004-ish, I want to say? I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing a number out there. He, Again, I am within typing distance of a computer. I could know this in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, we've both got small computers that we keep in our pockets that can also technically make phone calls. Yes. But why? Yeah, they're little cameras and junk that can make phone calls. But, yeah, I I, I think it's around 2004-ish. I mean, third edition D&D is 2001-ish. Yeah. So so it's somewhere in that, that vein. But, yeah, it is kind of a weird thing. It's like, why does this exist? Who, how did they greenlight this thing? Yeah... It's got, man, it's got animation that is, it it rivals Food Fight for the level of just absolute shit garbage animation that someone just downloaded a program that's like Babby's first animation studio. 2003. So this thing came out within two years of the actual books coming out. That's Man, that, I bet this was a thing that when they were putting the books out, they were like, we need to do something. We need to get on that multimedia train. Oh, yeah, I bet this was some, some executive at, at Wizards going like, multimedia is the new thing. Get me Dan Kretsch. <laughs> I need a Dank Wretch on this now. <laughs> so that's the, uh, that's the big name behind this. It's, it's Dank Wretch. I'm sorry, Dan Kretsch Produc- Productions. Yeah. And he's the director, and I think he's one of the voices and everything. And his name is Dank Wretch. I mean, Dan Kretsch. God, every time it shows up on screen, I'm just like... Man, you need to put another space there, buddy. Yeah, learn about kerning, dank wretch. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, this is it's bizarre. It's like reboot level bad animation. Oh, it's so much worse. Yeah, the characters' mouths in particular are deeply unpleasant. Yeah, watching especially Regdar talk anytime it's close enough where you can see the actual movement of his lips, you are like, oh. Oh no, that's not how a mouth works. Oh yeah, it's like it's opening and closing vertically. It's it's so uh It's like Leela's dad. It it honestly creeps me out. Yes. Every time it showed up and, and, and I could see it, I was just like, no. Regdar's no. Regdar might be the worst of the main characters, but all the characters that aren't like the three main characters have even worse mouths depending on how little they are on screen. So like the bad guy's mouth is just like messed up. It, it looks like it's three inches out in front of her face. <laughs> Like, he's just floating there near her. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, any time you meet someone that isn't going to be one of the main characters that they're like, all right, let's 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 spend some time on this. And, yeah. I mean, there's not many. There's only a few background druids and some other dudes that you see, but most of the time they don't have any lines. They don't really do anything. Why don't we do our Dramatis Personae, at least as far as we know, because we don't. there may be some of the 990 stories in this thing that we missed. Yeah. So let's go through our list of characters who appear in this. We've got, we'll start with the main ones, Regdar. We got Regdar, big old fighter, He's a oddly big, green. Light green human fighter, completely covered in armor that he sleeps in. Oh yeah, there is a scene in this that we get to where he is asleep at an inn, and he is just... They took his model and just turned it and put him on a bed. I swear to God, he's in his T-pose. Yeah. He's got his arms exactly outstretched and he isn't moving. I think they just put his T-pose on the bed. They're like, and good enough. There we are. So uh, Regdar is basically like your dad doing a Michael Dorn impression in terms of voice. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Dad, do an impression of Worf. Hello, I am concerned about honor. Uh, Captain, I seem to get beat up quite often. (laughs) <laughs> yeah good good impression thank you thank you i'm pretty proud of it yeah. i like to pair it with drunk picard <laughs> oh drunk picard is my favorite 
<laughs> Hello, Mr. Wolf. I see uh, you're on the bridge. Maybe you could fire your phasers for me. Captain, this is most unpleasant for both of us. <laughs> uh. So... That's basically what Regdar sounds like, but he is not Michael Dorn. In fact, nobody in this movie is anybody. No. Except uh, for Dank Ratch. I think the voice actress for Lita is the only one on the IMDb page that has a headshot. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she's the only one who has gone on to do anything else. Okay, so let's go on to Lita, shall we? Lita is the halfling thief. Uh, she is... Hey, rogue. Oh, sorry, yes. Come on half- now. This she's is third, third edition. edition. Third edition. She's a rogue. Uh, so she's a halfling crossbow rogue. Uh, she is awful at everything. Worthless, I want to say. 100% the worst. Never does anything worthwhile. And she gets so many opportunities. Yeah. Like, this movie keeps going, all right, what are we going to do? Let's have Lita try and, like, sneak or pickpocket or backstab or any rogue thing and just fails utterly yeah. every time. I think every time they give you a choice to let Lita do something, it is a, it is a pathway to failure. Yes. It's it's very disappointing. There's never a scene where she's like vindicated or does something cool that you have control over. No. No. It's she always has like just the worst ideas and is terrible at everything she tries to do and never helps with anything. The one thing I'll say about Lita that I appreciated is that they actually have her at halfling size. She's, you know, full on like three feet tall and standing next to, to Tordek. That's noticeably Regdar. tiny. Regdar. Sorry. I'm going to call him Tordek the whole time because he should have been Tordek. <laughs> uh, Staying next to Regdar, she's, like, tiny, but they actually do voice her fully as an adult. There's no, like, Tasselhoff Burfoot bullshit happening here where she's like, Oh, fiddle-dee-dee, I hope we don't fight a monster, or anything like that. She's <laughs> she's like, no, let's get back to town and get paid for this shit. I want a drink. <laughs> like she's So she's at least a full-grown halfling adult that acts like one. Yes. So that's pretty much her one saving grace characteristic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that'll move us on to Mealy, who yeah. is competent. She is a wizard that has prepared one spell in every spell slot, and that is Magic Missile. <laughs> yeah, she uses shield once, Magic Missile once. Basically, she's your path to figuring out what level everyone is, because that's, that's Dungeons & Dragons for you. But she doesn't cast anything above first level. No, this party is just, I, I have to imagine, first level the lot of them, because no one is good at anything, and no. every time they fight anyone at all they just get their asses which kicked. is hilarious because there's a fight with a beholder in this and it's like what what was this beholder like broken what is this <laughs> is that just a cardboard beholder with like a carny holding it up oh yeah no this is like that beholder i went oh man this is a this is a fourth edition beholder where you could level it down yeah scale it way down <laughs> yeah it's like what is this oh it's a beholder but it's only level two don't worry <laughs> about it it's a minion <laughs> <laughs> it's got a hit point. Just for the love of God, somebody hit this and no just, one can. Just poke it with an AOE or something. Come on, guys. Use a daily. I don't care. Come on. Give me guaranteed <laughs> yeah, damage. Yeah, but no, it's unfortunately it's a third edition beholder, which means it's got a shit boat full of uh, spell-like effects and what have you that are always going off constantly because beholders have always and consistently been the assholes monster. My God. At- beholders... I have a history with beholders in games. They're Everyone so cool. should. They're cool, and they look neat, and they make for great like final boss villains and stuff, except that their rules are just ridiculously stupid. Oh, no. If you actually pit a beholder as written against a party, then you're like, man, you uh, you just got wrecked, son. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the beholder is a character in the book, the, the, the thing, which I suppose we ought to explain later. Uh, Mealy is no-nonsense and boring. Yeah, she is. I mean, she's an elf, but she may as well be a Vulcan. 
Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, so those are your main characters, and they are journeying through the land on a quest to find a priest who Regdar has been friends with in the past, a priest that is uh, named Baratheon. And which, Baratheon is on a quest. Yeah. But they have been asked to retrieve Baratheon because he stole a map from the priests in Greyhawk. So this, if you know anything about D&D settings, takes place in the most boring one. Yeah, good old Orth. <laughs> it takes place on wonderful, boring, apparently one tree and all of it, and the rest of it's just barren, cracked wasteland Orth. Fucking, they just saved so much money with the... Let's use one of the stock backgrounds that comes with this program. Yeah. Because it's like, what is this? Cracked Earth? Oh, that's one of the options here. What's the other one? Uh, mountainside. Yeah, this is like... The background in this movie is basically like the, the driving levels of a PlayStation 1 dune buggy game. <laughs> that's that's kind of the level of detail you're looking for you're back like, there. Burr, yeah. Oh, tree. I can't, burr, I can't wait till I find a weapon and I'll be able bush. to use it to kill that clown driving the ice cream truck. <laughs> That's what, that's kind of how the backgrounds feel. Oh, this movie does have a prologue in which some druids or wizards or something carry a big box across a cracked landscape and then put it down and then cast a spell at it. Yay. There you go. So our party finds Baratheon out in the woods, and he is... Fighting a golem. Fighting a golem, that's right. He's fighting a big old golem that was summoned by a druid. Yeah, and I... I don't remember that druids would be able to summon, like, actual golems. I think it's probably possible. I mean, they're, they, a, a natural golem like that makes sense. It would make him really, really high level. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, is both Baratheon and Rain, the druid that we get in this, seem to be way more powerful than our heroes. Well, like, yeah, notably, Baratheon can easily defeat all three of the heroes in, in combat by himself. Oh, yeah, and Rain, who can summon up, I think it's actually an earth elemental, but... Summons an earth elemental, can completely transform into like a dire wolf, is just an ultra badass. Meanwhile, we have three idiot protagonists who cannot accomplish the most menial of tasks. So they they encounter uh, Rain doing battle with uh, Baratheon. Baratheon manages to beat the earth elemental, and Rain kind of runs off into the woods. And at this point, you are given your very first choice in the game, which is either apprehend Baratheon or... Let Baratheon go. Yeah. Because Baratheon's like, hey, man, if we, were, if we were ever friends, you'd let me go. And Regdar's like, well, we were ever friends, so. Well. And Lita's like, no, I don't want to let him go. I want to get paid money. Yeah, that's why we came out here. Why would we come all the way out here from Greyhawk if we aren't going to capture him? And then I think that's Lita's opinion. And then Melee's opinion is, I am a third person. <laughs> I am also here. <laughs> so, so you get your very first choice. And uh, so... Might as well break down the inner wheels of how this thing works at this point. Uh, there are two things at play in terms of how your character choices are decided. Uh, one of them is that you can just make the wrong choice sometimes and choose something stupid and get killed for it. Yeah, I mean, it is a decision tree. Yeah. Uh, it's all going to lead down to the same climax of the movie. Yes, but there's a hidden math mechanic built into the DVD. Uh, when you When you make your way past scenes... If you make certain choices, you either get pluses or minus ones to a base score. So to get the happy ending where everyone doesn't die, you have to get above a certain score as well. And this is all a completely hidden mechanic. Yeah. When we first watched this, we tried to make all of the good guy choices. Like when we were doing it, we were like, oh, let's make all the choices that seem like it would be obviously good people. So it's honorable to let Baratheon go. Yeah, we let Baratheon go. Power we, of friendship. We, at every opportunity, were like, let's 
you know, team up. Let's try and use reason. Let's be good guys. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, try Let's and... do whatever the most of the party wants to do. You know, mostly it was just, let's be good people. Yeah. And then by the end of the thing, it was like, nope, you done, you done goofed. You get the most horrifying ending possible. Yep. The one where Lydia's the last one alive and she's crying. Yeah, it's just, oh, we left the halfling alive and broken. Well, and she can see her dead comrades. And the beholder's coming to get her. You're like, well, great. Well, all right, then. Good times. So, okay, I, I guess we might as well try. At this point, you can either uh, apprehend Baratheon or let him go. Uh, this is a meaningless story choice. Either way, you're going to end up in a climax that has Baratheon in it. If you let him go, uh, you will eventually encounter him again in like a big prison space or fighting wolves in the forest. Yeah. If you apprehend him, you are given the choice to either drag him back to Greyhawk or drag him to a nearby town. Yeah, you go to the nearby town if you just let him go. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can either be like, look, you got to come with us. And he doesn't fight you. He's like, that's fine. Yeah, the moment you know, I get gonna back, be a I'm going to leave of again. Time. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a waste of time. I'll go explain myself to the order, and then I'm going to go right back onto this quest. Yeah, he's on some quest. He, he gives us a quick story here. He says that uh, he was visited in a vision by a goddess named Ariadne, who is an avatar of his own god named Fultha or Fomtha or something like that? Uh, for, Fortus? For, for, Forcha? For, 4chan? Yeah, by 4chan. He was uh, visited. An avatar of 4chan. Yeah, his god is 4chan, and he was visited by an avatar of 4chan. Which is just shitting dick nipples. Yeah, shitting dick nipples. Who's like, hey man, you need to find this item called like the Obuluscura blah blah or it's something. The- Orithoracular, yeah, or something. The, the oracular spectacular. <laughs> yes, that was it. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, "Yeah, it's some angel, and she gave me this quest and told me that this was a weapon that could destroy evil in the world. So it's an ancient, powerful thing that was hidden away, but with this item, I could rid the world of evil." Yeah, that's never a good thing. Yeah. People are always like, ooh, this thing could rid the world of evil. And it's like, no, okay, either that's a trap or ridding the world of evil is going to be like one of those ironic punishments where the world ends up really boring. Well, you know, honestly, it's going to be, what is this? It rids the world of evil. How does it do that? Oh, it kills all life. Oh, it kills everyone who's alive or it exerts a neutral sort of mind control over everyone. Those are pretty much your only options. Yeah. So he has it in his head that he's going to go do this and... You know, take him or leave him, whatever you're going to do, he is going to go on to this quest. Absolutely. So, basically, at this point, a co- oh, man, I don't even know how you're supposed to review these sorts of things. Well, like, okay, let's give you just a rundown of our first one that we did, and then we'll let you know uh, what happened with some of the other choices you can make. So, what we did the first time was let him go, because we figured, look, he's he's a friend, he's on a, a holy mission, let's not try and arrest him. Let's uh, let's let him go. Yeah. At that point, you decide to stop off in a nearby town to stay at a tavern to uh, to rest before you head back to Greyhawk the next day. Uh, at the tavern, the world's stupidest looking bartender shows up. I'm I'm really sad he's only in this one story that we played uh, through this. Yeah. He's a big bartender who's got a very traditional br- British like tavern owner voice. All right, Miss. Don't you worry now, none. I'm going to get you a point in a nice piece of bread, I am. That kind of thing. But he looks just gross. Oh, my God. He looks like layers of man. He Like, he just has lumps in places that you shouldn't have lumps. But he has, like, 
He has like that magnificently double fat face, you know, the kind that's got like neck rolls happening and stuff like that. Like he's got cheek rolls. Yeah. Well, he's got a point or like the, the, the fat waves cresting off his face actually crest back up and then drop again. Like he has a ringed shoulder collar of fat, but he's not all that fat in the middle, which gives you the impression that he was made using one of those like three part turn things you give a baby. It's like, what if you put a fish head on a camel body? <laughs> so this guy's like, oh, he's got fat legs and a big, gross, fat head, and he's pretty normal in the middle there. Yeah, he's he's a regular dude with just the weirdest lumpy bits all over him. Yeah. And his head's, like, sitting in a pool of fat. Yes, like, literally, there's a moat. Uh, there, he could easily have a sweat moat around his fat face. Yes. In, in terms of the design of him. But he's nice. So they're hanging out in this tavern, and uh, at a certain point, Regdar realizes they don't have any money. And how are they going to stay in this tavern without any money? Yeah, they just paid for the last drink was the last of their money. Yeah, and, and so they're they're given an option. <laughs> there's rowdy ruffians half at orcs. the nearby table. Yeah, there's a table full of loud, like, kind of backwoods half-orcs. I didn't even think they looked like half-orcs. They just looked like punks. Oh, uh, they could have been punks. They could have been Gith Yankee. <laughs> no, man, they just looked like human punks like i am going to go see a punk show punks <laughs> i was like what do you have i have a mohawk and tattoos and piercings i have one of those black flag crotch flags <laughs> yeah that's how you can tell i'm a bad guy is because i am punk as fuck i've got a bunch of rivets on places that don't need them <laughs> yeah uh it looks very calculated to get the impression that i'm wearing like Garbage clothes, but you can tell they cost like $600. <laughs> These have been pre-ripped. Yeah. So, at this point, we are given a choice. Either Lydic can attempt to pick their pockets, or Regdar can do something. Yeah, it doesn't even let you know. She's like, look, let me just go over there. I'm going to take some of their money. They're assholes anyway. And uh, they're harassing the uh, barkeep and everyone in this place. I'm going to take some of their money. We get to stay here. Everything's going to be fine. But And then Regdar's like, I'll take care of it. And yeah. then you go to decision. You're like, what are you going to do, just, Regdar? Just let me take care of it. I, I assume that if you choose the let Regdar take care of it, like you end up doing dishes or something. I assume he kicks them out when they start trouble. And then the uh, the innkeeper's like, oh, thanks for doing that. Here's, can, a, here's a reward. You can stay for free in my inn, what, what? Yeah. Uh, but anyway... We chose let Lita steal things because we hadn't felt like Lita had really gotten to do anything yet. I was like, dude, let's let's do that. Let's let Lita do a thing. I don't so, want to see Regdar try and fight some dudes or anything yet. So here's the problem with letting Lita do a thing. It's not just letting Lita go over there and steal because all of a sudden they all go into heist mode. Lita goes over there with Mealy as a distraction while Regdar gets up and cuts off the bartender who immediately feels threatened. Like he's like, oh, whoa, wait, I don't want no trouble now. Oh, now. Okay. Oh, there. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're a big green man, you all. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of Lita, like, going by, snatching a purse, and then leaving, she, like, walks one by one to each of them and takes their, like, each of their purses. Yes. She doesn't st stop with one. She tries to steal them all, and she gets caught on the third one. And at this point, we get to see Mealy cast one of the three or four spells she knows, which is like friends or something. Charm person. Charm person. Because the she's like, she gets a hold of the brain of the stupid punk right after they all catch Lita. And they're like, all right, stupid punk leader. It would be a super great display of leadership if you were to let Lita go for no reason, which is exactly the short, the sort of shit that a they brand new D&D &D player would try. Yeah. When you use charm person. Like, you need to give her a good argument. Uh, it would look real good if she killed herself. 
Ah. Ooh, you're right. It would look great. But no, she's just like, oi, right? I do think we need to let these guys go. And then the other punks are just like, why? She's like, I don't know. It just seems like a good idea. <laughs> God save you, fag emperor. <laughs> the, uh, the fucking, I can't even. The fact that Lita does this and then manages to get away mostly just Oh, she gets by, to keep the money. Yeah, she gets she gets away with it, and it's not even because, like, oh, I'm such a good thief. It's, I, I went up, I may as well have just robbed them and then had magic used. That's yeah. it. I don't know why just using Melee wasn't an option in the first place. Just cast sleep over there, go get the money, and we'll go pay. That or go to the innkeeper, cast charm person, and be like, yo, can we have a, a room for the night? <laughs> Remember how we already paid you? Oh, right. I think I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would have been the exact same thing, except you wouldn't have spent a bunch of time dealing with dangerous people with axes. But no. So they they spend the night there, and uh, Lita is... She gets a vision of Ariadne the angel, which comes and tells her that Baratheon is in trouble, and he's fighting for his life and then you get to decide whether or not you wake up regdar yeah which i i don't we didn't follow the rest of that branch of just letting regdar sleep in yeah i kind of i kind of want to see where that goes like you I, just go home and it's i want to imagine the the whole thing is over like you don't wake up regdar and then you guys just wake up the next morning and you're like well back to greyhawk and then nothing happens <laughs> off we go but no we waked up Reg, regdar out of his t-pose where he's lying flat on his back in full armor and he's like what well he doesn't get mad or nothing he just kind of goes huh what and she's like, I saw him. He, she, or I saw her. I saw the lady. She was beautiful. Baratheon's in trouble. All right, well, let's go get him then. Yeah, so they go off to rescue Baratheon, who is quite capable all on his own to beat up an entire pack of dru- druids shapeshifted into wolves. Yeah, he is just wrecking them. Like, they show up to be like, we're here to save you. And he's like, dude, I do not care it's, what you are it's doing. It's very third edition what's happening right now, where the, where the uh, combat optimized priest is way better than the fighter. Oh, yeah. That that combat cleric is just wrecking everyone. Meanwhile, <laughs> the fucking wizard keeps bringing a sword out. Yeah, immediately keeps whipping out a sword. I don't even think she has one. Where's she getting that thing over and over again? She is a quarterstaff person. She's like, look, I have a rapier. And you're like, why? Why, why do you have a rape? What do you, you, there's no way you're proficient in that stupid thing. <laughs> Fucking stop. What do you? Please stop. Please. And then she just gets knocked over every fight. Oh, yeah. Every time she brings out the melee weapon, someone is just like, nope. Yeah. Not having none of that. And she's like, oh, no. Same thing with Lita. Lita always gets one useful shot off with her crossbow. Then she gets batted away and she goes, ah, and she falls like unconscious immediately because she's a level one rogue. Yep. <laughs> so they show up. He basically has already beaten all of the wolves, but they get a couple of shots in and they're like, ha we're helping. And he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so muscly. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they basically are like, oh, we're sorry. We, we're we're going to go with you on your weird quest. Great. And he's like, okay, but first with these druids. And so you have to have a brief conversation with a bunch of druids. Yeah. And they're like, hey, he's doing something crazy and evil, and we know it, and it's our job to stop him from doing it. Look, we are here to protect the Orax Maxawax, yeah. and uh, you can't have it. And at this point, you're given another choice, which is either uh, defend Baratheon from all these druids or hand him over to all these druids. Which I love that option. Like, yeah, he's like my, my childhood friend who I've decided to accompany on a quest. And the minute we meet someone who's like, hey, give us that guy, you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds right. I know you've been trying to kill this dude, my childhood friend, for apparently days, but 
you guys seem all right. Here you go. You're pretty legit. You but guys, it, you guys. So either you fight the druids and uh, they run off into the woods, or you give him to the druids and he gets mad at you for giving him to the druids and runs off into the woods. <laughs> like a lot of choices in this game, they don't actually have anything to do with what happens immediately after you make them. Because it's like, hand him over to the druids. So you're like, all right, I will hand him over to the druid. Betrayer! I will run into the woods! And it's like, well, I, it said hand you to the druids, not try to hand you to the druids. Yeah, but he's ridiculously overpowered. He has a thing where he can just, like, hit the ground and just stun everybody and run. Yeah, he's got some sort of blue shockwave quake spell. He's got some sort of AoE knockdown. I don't know what it is. I'm not exactly sure which priest spell that is. He's high level, so it's something good. Anyway, either way, you end up... I don't remember what we did at this point. Uh, we went... I think we handed him over and then walked with them. Yes, that's right. We we all went together to one place. Yeah, and uh, that's where the key to the axe body spray is. And so he manages to knock everyone out when we get there and mm-hmm. go in himself. Yes, he decides to go in by himself. Uh, meanwhile, your party briefly goes into a like random building or something where they encounter the lady bad guy uh, whose name escapes me, the Ariadne, and then her real name is completely lost. Something else. Smoovis. Yeah. Smoovis Movis. Smoovis Movis. Secret name, or fake name, Ariadne. Yeah. Uh, So you end up having to briefly tussle with Ariadne. She pops into a room, and she's like, you idiots, I've killed his entire family to make him this crazy, and he thinks I'm a god and I'm not. I'm just a cleric. And I'm going to have him get this important thing for me because I want it. Now to kill you. It's some ridiculous weapon. It'll murder everyone. Yeah. Goodbye. And then then at this point, you're given three choices, which are backstab Ariadne, uh, cast a spell at Ariadne, or reason with Ariadne. <laughs> yeah, just talk to her. Oh, you're an evil cleric that wants to murder the world. Let me ask you something. Why? So... Of course, if you choose backstab Ariadne, you just get Lita fucked up because she's useless. Yeah, which is what we did the first time. We were like, all right, let's do this. Lita, it is your moment of redemption. And she, like, sneaks over there, which is to say she, like, tiptoes in front of Ariadne. Yeah. And is like, oh, I'm going to stab you. Who just backhands her real good, and then she gets she gets bored and leaves. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. She catches Lita and holds a blade to her throat and, and, and keeps everyone hostage for a while. Yeah. And then she leaves after knocking everyone unconscious. But if you choose the correct answer, which is cast a spell at her, then Mia Lee, who is also there, uh, will pop up, shoot a spell at her, which strips her of her angel costume and reveals the secret truth about her. Yeah. Uh, Which we did not do the first time because we kept wanting Lita to do something correct. Come on, Lita. Come correct once. (laughs) I believe in you, Lita. We should not believe in Lita. No, do not believe in any of these people. <laughs> so, so at that point, uh, we she she fucks off like Ariadne does, but we still think she's Ariadne. We haven't seen her out of form yet, and uh, we then uh, walk out with the the Durids, who we choose to join because safety in numbers, right? So we join up with Rain and his Druids and, and go he, into a weird cave. He lets us know the backstory, which is that. This thing is called the Scourge of Worlds, and it was a weapon that he helped forge way back in the day because he's an elf, so he's been alive for a while. Mm -hmm. And there were two giant warring empires, and they had originally created this thing as the ultimate weapon to destroy this entire empire. But it never got used because it was deemed like way too evil and 
it got loose one time and it took like a dozen mages' lives to re uh trap it or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. that's what those twelve dudes who died at the beginning of the movie were. Yeah, so that's uh that is basically the story of what this thing is, is some weapon that is powerful and evil, and that's it. Yeah. So you agree to go or we agreed to go with Rain and his druids into this random cave where the scourge is being held, uh, at which point we encounter a beholder. Now, what's weird is when we are going up there, Rain lets everyone know. He's like, look, I designed this thing and helped design the prison. I know that there is a guardian and that there is a uh, a door to keep people that would be like evil out. And then you also have to have the key. Like I put in a lot of safeguards to keep people out from this thing. And so he knows that there is a guardian, a.k.a. a beholder in there, and yet when they see it, he's like, holy shit, what is that? I thought that thing would be dead by now. <laughs> Woo! So there's this big useless beholder that immediately chomps one of his du- one of his useless <laughs> druid buddies. straight up eats him. Just chomps a dude. And then it starts shooting meek little lasers. At this point, we actually, because we let Baratheon go in this one, we actually get to watch Baratheon fight the friggin' thing first. And Baratheon just clowns it. Yeah, Baratheon's like, yo, I'm going to boop you on the nose and then run. Yeah, what's up, dude? I'm going to cast a shield spell. You're going to melt it with one of your little weak little super soakery eye beams, and then I'm just going to give you a quick donk on the donkin, and <laughs> I'm just going to stroll on past you. Good day. Yeah, hey, yo, I'm way too high level for this. Good yeah. day. I don't know how you're too high level for a beholder, but sure. Okay. Yeah, why not? He just gives it, a, like you said, a quick boop on the nose. Yep, he's and just like, donk, doink, goodbye. Good day. And the beholder's like, oh, don't tell my supervisor. <laughs> but uh, this beholder is straight wrecking everyone else, and you get the decision of either run off to go find Baratheon while you still can before he does anything. Or stay and fight. Yeah, because the uh, Rain and his last remaining druid are fighting this. So here's the problem with this. You see the two options. You have already joined up with Rain, with Rain so you're like, Rain's in my party now. Rain's my boy. So when you see uh, run for, to find Baratheon, your thought is, let's all run to find fight Baratheon. Yeah, because the options you get is it says, stay and fight or run for Baratheon. And you're like, oh, well, we're just going to go run after Baratheon, which is what we clicked. But then it's just, you, you dump those back. losers yeah. and you're like, peace, druids. You sneak off in the middle of the fight. All three of you sneak off in the middle of the fight and leave Baratheon to get eaten by a beholder, like rain. an asshole. Or rain, to get eaten like, uh, by, an a- by a beholder like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, get eaten by an asshole like, like a, a beholder. beholder would. Had it the means. <laughs> I don't know, they probably have buttholes on the back. They never really show beholders from the back. Maybe it's just a giant butthole back there. Just one giant butt? <laughs> like you get behind a beholder and there's just two big old cheeks? <laughs> just two hams <laughs> suspended from the back of this beholder. And somehow a thong? Yeah. It's weird. It's not on the front. I don't know what's going on. Well, yeah. I mean, if a beholder was going to wear a thong, would it wear it like this or like this? <laughs> I'm not sure what you're doing right now. You know, like from the from the bottom half. Okay, so we're going to say <laughs> from the equator or from the... Oh, you're asking if the if the butt of a beholder stops on the top ha- starts on the top hemisphere of the beholder? On the on the bottom. So you'd, you'd bottom pull hemisphere. it up from the bottom. Oh, and it would stop at the, wa- at the waist. At the waist of the beholder, or is it actually two cheeks from the back? So you'd have to sort of go down the middle, like the midsection of the beholder from, I'm saying, from top around. What I'm saying is that the butt of a beholder is the entire back of the beholder, like a rich country peach. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, it's, so it's, then you'd you'd pull the, the thong on and it would sort of go over 
it, the back half of a beholder. That is correct. It would, from the front, if it showed up at all, but it's magic and it doesn't. But if it did, it would look a lot like the beholder was wearing a summer bonnet. <laughs> See, whereas I, I would assume it would go all the way around. So it would just be like a weird cloth ring that would sort of be encircling the beholder until you got around behind and saw, oh, it's wearing a thong. Oh, okay. I just thought it had a weird cloth down the center of its face. Huh. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be down the center. It would be around the sides. That's what I'm saying. That that's what I want to know. Okay, so you're trying. Okay, all you're trying to figure out is if the if it looks like it's got like a doctor mask on the front half of its face. Yeah, like is <laughs> what I'm trying to say is does the underwear go longitude or latitude on this beholder? <laughs> longitude or latitude? <laughs> what about beholder thongs? This is these are the important questions of our age. I think the real important question about the butt of a beholder is how does it wipe? Do you think it has an extra eye just for I mean, that? it's got to have a telekinesis eye, right? That's right. It does have a telekinesis eye, and also a disintegration eye. So if it's real careful... Yeah, so what it does is it wipes its own butt with something using telekinesis and then disintegrates it. <laughs> there you go. No muss, no fuss. I would have figured it would just, tur- it would just uh, turn all of its ding- uh, Klingons to stone and let them fall off from their own weight. Well, you know what's... The thing is, is they normally have servants, so you'd think like some cobalt is on <laughs> wipe duty. Some cobalt has to move its five-pound thong out of the way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> bespoke giant underwear like your grandmother owned <laughs> that's what's on a behold <laughs> jesus God. i like to you know what i'm not even picturing that anymore it's not beholders aren't wearing sexy thongs in, in my my mind they're wearing gross diapers <laughs> gross <laughs> diapers gross giant diapers okay but if a beholder wore a diaper would it wear it like this or what okay we're done we are All done right, beholders this. wear diapers like this <laughs> yo but dragons <laughs> All right. I think it's actually pretty well documented on the internet how dragons wear diapers. So uh, so they, <laughs> we picked the option of run and go find Baratheon, which leaves those two losers behind. Yeah. And we find this weird portal. And actually, real quick here, running away from the two druids and letting the beholders eat them is the right choice, by the way. Just so you know, if you stay and fight, uh, you all die. Ever- Baratheon gets his hands on the weapon, activates it, and you all die. So you have to, in order to win this stupid game... You have to abandon Rain to be eaten by a beholder. Yeah, you have to just be huge douchebags about this. Yeah. And it's not like you go, well, uh, discretion is the better part of valor or anything like that. It's you sneak backwards like cartoon cats until beholder until a Rain is in the front line. Yeah, it's like th- someone asked everyone who wants to fight a beholder take one step forward and everyone took a step back. Yeah. <laughs> and Rain's too busy fighting and then you just turn and run on the poor guy. And he's like, oh, what, what the fuck? Well, oh. Ah, <laughs> I guess he stops for a think- second. He's like, you know, those guys are level one. This was yeah, probably wasn't a good idea for them to stick around. <laughs> this is not cool. So then they come to one of those doors from uh, friggin' the Never Ending Story, uh, where it judges you to see if you're good enough to go through the door or not. Yeah, so it's a an arch that's got like a little portal effect. Just yeah. the worst, like, blue and so, white portal effect. So, so this is supposed to be the real test. The Beholder is just sort of a spare guardian that they had lying around, and they just threw it in there. The real test is this portal you have to walk through, and if you're not good enough, it melts you. We don't even know what it does. It's just, oh, it's a it portal, you. and you, you have to be pure of heart in order to get through it. Like well, all three of our main characters are fine. Yeah, they all go through it. Baratheon gets through it. Everything's fine. And you're like, dude, you have... At least, like, Lita is... Some kind of neutral. Is it probably at least some kind of neutral? I mean, come on. Well, she's, may, She might be neutral good, but... Well, she's a third edition thief. I think she literally has to be rogue. some kind of... A rogue. I think she literally has to be some kind of either neutral non-lawful. or... Non-lawful. It's non-lawful, so she has to be non-lawful. Yeah, she could be neutral good. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, so fine. I guess you can be neutral good or or uh, chaotic good and get through there. Yeah. Uh, so, but it doesn't matter. They all go through just fine. Yeah, they they all get through the gateway like, fine. Lita's scared of it, but she still gets yanked through by by uh, Regdar in a real dick move, by the way. Yeah, Regdar like, puts his hand back through the portal because uh, him and Mia Lee have gone through, and she's like, look, the stuff I've done, I, I don't think I can make it through there. I'm not pure of heart. And he's like, look, just take my hand. And she kind of tentatively tentatively reaches out and he just grabs her and yanks her through i just wanted him to pull through a handful of magic and dust and he's like oh fuck oh shit <laughs> whoops well, well you know <laughs> well better for us i guess all right well you know you never really gave us anything so not like she's ever been useful so i guess this is just the right way to go meanwhile mia lee walks through the portal because she is also there yeah <laughs> meanwhile mia lee is present <laughs> that's that's the story of mia lee she is also there yeah <laughs> they uh so they confront Baratheon, and You're your options now, because of there are different choices you'll get, but the ones we got because of what we've been doing is either reason with Baratheon or attack Baratheon. Yes, and it basically it starts with uh, Lita and Mealy going, oh, cool, he's vulnerable because he's trying to activate that glowing box thing that's the bad weapon. Uh, let's let's just get him. And Baratheon, or Bar- God damn it, Regdar's like, no, I don't want to just get him. I think we should talk to him instead of just getting him. Look, he, he's my friend. Let me talk to him first and see if I can talk him down. Yeah, so you go, you choose to reason with Baratheon, and Baratheon responds by straight clowning you. <laughs> it is amazing. You're like, hey, man, uh, how about you don't unleash a horrible, unspeakable evil on the world? And he's like, nah, man, you don't know what you're talking about. How about I just bonk you all with my bonk stick till you're all thoroughly bonked, and then I'll die? How about you all get dunked on? And then I'm going to get killed by Regdar because basically GM Fiat, like, he just wrecks them. Yeah, he knocks Lita unconscious. He he beats Mealy within an inch of her life. Oh, yeah, like, he breaks Lita's arm. Yeah. When they crawl away after he dies, like, Lita's arm is broken. Yeah. It looks like maybe her back is broken, too. Like, he fucks her right up. Oh, yeah. And Mia Lee gets wrecked. Regdar's the only one who's even remotely able to still walk, but he took, like, a mace to the midsection. Yeah, he's not doing fine. No. Uh, so they they do, however, manage to kill him and get the cool box, and then they crawl back out into the main foyer. Which, let me just say something. The And this happens in every literally ending. every ending. Yeah. Is they find this scourge of worlds and there's a key uh-huh and someone's like well what are we gonna do with this thing and i'm like dude just leave it it has been fine forever it's been there for 1200 years like th- the only thing that it was in peril because someone got someone who was like pure of heart and tricked them to try and get it and even then they also tricked them into getting the key you don't need to take both these things with you like just take the key or destroy the key take the key go throw it in the ocean you're done yeah, you but, figured it out. But no, what happens instead is they're like, "Well, we can't leave it here. We can and certainly take just take it, it with, with us." Them. Yeah, <laughs> let's take it past that gateway that only good people can go through. You know, out into the world where evil people are. Presumably, we'll just make our way past that beholder again. I'm sure there'll still be some druids we can just throw to it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll like be dog fine. treats. <laughs> uh, I'll just compliment its choice of diaper. And that once they get out there, they see an injured. Rain, who is alive but uh, lying against a rock near the portal, and he's like, "Oh man, I am 
I am just messed up. Oh, things fucked me up royally. I, I sure wish that there had been some extra people to help me fight that beholder. Man, that would have been neat. Yeah, man. It was like I kept calling for people to help me, and they didn't. It's it's like it's like there was some sort of douche aura here in the building. <laughs> did you guys get hit by that thing's asshole ray, <laughs> or did uh, you or did you just gaze into its evil asshole? Yeah, that asshole ray. That a- <laughs> that asshole ray. <laughs> yeah, did you gaze into that asshole ray? <laughs> oh, Deb, <laughs> that ray. That's the ray we're going with. Yeah, I was it. getting ready my Archer Ray voice. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> I decided to go with Romano. Uh, you don't want to do a Ray Palmer from Legends of Tomorrow either? <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I don't really have a Ray Palmer queued up as a voice that you can do. <laughs> well, Ray Romano is pretty simple overall. Yeah. He's got that voice that everyone... Ha- th- th- this register. Yeah. I'm Kermit the Frog, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so they come out there, and he's like, look, did you get, did you get the Oryx? And they're like, yeah, we got it right here. And then, of course, Ariadne shows up. She is completely uninjured and murders everyone but Lita. And is like, hey, Lita, you're hilarious. I'm going to leave you here basically broken. And uh, you get to live. Oh, but to get here, I had to destroy all of the wards that kept the beholder in place. So uh, he's going to come meet you. Goodbye. And And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, and Iris is out on Lita crying and crawling. Yeah. It's just like camera pulls back to show dead bodies and crying halfling so if you want to know the secret answer for how to win this fucking movie it's uh be an asshole all the way through okay so (laughs) the weird thing is you have to treat these completely reasonable druids who are like look man we are basically like those guys from the mummy that are trying to stop people from getting the mummy like, that's our whole order is just here yeah, to, you have stop to stop people from getting this. You have to stop Oded Fair and his friends. Yeah. Ardeth Bay, I believe, in the movie. So they have to be treated as bad guys at every point, or else you can't get the good ending. Yes, they have to be treated like bad guys. You you have to never let Lita do anything. Instead, every time it's an option that Mealy does something, you have to let Mealy do everything that she offers to do. Yep. Uh, and so at that, it, you can finally get to the good ending, which is the one where you're allowed to get a new option when you encounter Baratheon in the orb, and it's, uh, or it's the cube, and it's tell Baratheon the truth. Yeah, because what happens is you've built up enough points by fucking over druids that he will apparently trust you. Yeah. Like, if you try and help the druids at all, he's like, oh, you guys are traitors because you're helping druids. No, oh, I don't like you. Yeah. So you have to always hate on druids. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to see uh, Ariadne at the key, you have to have Mia Lee try and cast a spell rather than having Lita try and stab her because the spell will reveal her and then she'll go ahead and monologue at you. She monologues about how she's tortured the family of, of Baratheon. So when you finally meet Baratheon, you can be like, dude, she like killed your family and laughed about it. She straight up tortured them. And he's like, oh, I never told anyone that they were tortured before they died. Yeah. So and then he switches sides, but stays to cry about it for a while. Uh, you leave. You still take the friggin' scourge with you, like fucking morons. Yeah. Well, we better take this. It's the treasure. Uh, you come back out. Rain is exactly as fucked up because yes, the good ending involves you abandoning him to get eaten by a beholder. Yep. You don't even go into the cave with them. Like you have to. You both get there at the same time, and they're like, "Look, man, let's join up. Let's do this. Let's go find Baratheon." And they're and like, "You have to go. Nope. No. Fuck you guys. We'll go in the same time as you, but we're not friends or anything. <laughs> Look, it, we're just walking in the same direction. Okay, don't talk to me. It's not like I like druids or anything, Baka. <laughs> and 
God, it is the dumbest thing. So at this point, Ariadne comes out, same as always, and she's like, good, you brought the scourge out. I'm going to beat you stupid. And she says, do you know what I want? And, and uh, Regdar, <laughs> Regdar says, death? Like, he says it like it's a question. It's hilarious. Like, uh, death? Uh, uh, I don't know. De- death? De- de- Fro- frozen yogurt? Uh, <laughs> uh, happy meal? Uh, uh, puppy? Back rub? <laughs> a scented candle? <laughs> I've got these Yankee candles here. <laughs> Let's look through my chart of makeups. Are you a, are you a K, K woman? <laughs> look, I, I've got this gift certificate to Sephora. <laughs> Anyway, they get into a big old fight, but of course, because she's a cleric, she's a bit way better fighter than him. But at least in this one, they are uninjured going into the fight, yes. so they can actually put up a fight instead of just getting wrecked. But it's the same as always. Uh, Mia Lee manages to get her with one magic missile, which clearly does nothing. Yep. Uh, and then Lita gets clowned into the into the ground immediately. <laughs> she tries to shoot a crossbow bolt, does not hit anything, and gets slapped down immediately. Gets bonked into the dirt, just... Get get down there and stay down there. And then eventually Baratheon shows up from behind her and goes to the stupidest looking display of fighting I have ever seen. The amount he's swinging this mace around. It looks like he's a kid, like a five-year-old being handed his first Fourth of July sparkler. Oh, yeah. He is just swinging that thing around. He is making S shapes. Uh-huh. He's spelling his name with the mace in the air. He looks like friggin' uh, the the fairy godmother in the in the Cinderella movie. He is straight bibbity bobbity boo. So, so that's what's happening with him. And eventually, they beat Ariadne to the point where she gives up. Yeah, and she, she jumps off a ledge, but she can fly. So man, she just flies off, and that's the good ending. The villain gets away. Uh, you escape with a useless orb of super destruction, uh, and uh, Baratheon stays behind to heal Rain up. Yeah, the end. That's it. That's the good ending. That's the good ending. The other bad ending is... Uh, <laughs> so there, there are two other bad endings. One is uh, everyone dies, not just Lita sits there and watches everyone be dead. Yes. And then there's where we actually find out what the Scourge is. Yeah. And uh, when we find that out, it it's because it's a Dracolich. Yeah, a Dracolich comes popping up out of the ground and kills the world. And in the final ending, you can win in such a fashion that you kill... Uh, uh, Ariadne, but also Baratheon dies. Yeah. And that's the only one that John and I didn't get to. No. But it's possible to get there. It's possible to get to that ending. You're wondering why, and it's because we cheated eventually. We watched this thing like five times, and we were like, let's see what endings are available. We we kept trying to get the good ending. We could not figure out how to do we, it because we, we, we didn't think that telling druids to go F themselves was the way to win. Yeah, the way to win is to be like, fuck you, druids, every time druids are reasonable. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, maybe, uh, that feels a lot like my old second edition DM, who thought that was a dumb class. <laughs> well, it's the same thing, like, uh, Jake, our old DM, hated gnomes. Just hated them. Just, just no gnomes. Just straight up hated gnomes. So, Is you it know, because you, cause you do that badger voice? Oh, yeah, man. That's, <laughs> I feel like if you were to get your hands in a gnome, you could pretty much be really annoying. Oh, you have no idea. So, I had a, a gnome at, that was a... Uh, one of the ones that did transmutation, yeah. transmutation, and he mostly just did grease and stupid crap. He was like, "Ha ha, yeah, get wrecked, fools!" And he'd just run around being an asshole. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty much everything you need to know about why no one lets gnomes into a game. Yeah, you can play gnomes in any variety of ways that are not that, but no one ever does. No, why would you? You're a gnome. It's like how you only can play that Scottish dwarf drunk. Exactly. It's like, are, are you a drunk? Are you a dwarf? Ugh, I want me beer, and that's all you're allowed to really do. 
But with gnomes, it's always, hee hee, I found a way to kill everyone else. Yep. So, so, uh, so you, there you go. The, no matter what you do, you get a short little ending and some shitty credits. Yeah, we found the, uh, <laughs> the decision tree online that maps out everything you can do. Yeah. There's a couple paths you can take that are semi-unique, where you're like, oh, if we go to town and we do some stupid things, we can... Like, find orc tracks and some random crap we saw. I think the funny thing is that the orc tracks are a dead end. Like, you can't encounter orcs. No. It's just, you start trying to go along some path, and then you eventually meet back up with the main plot. Yeah, you go back to the main plot. You never actually meet that orc. No. But at least there are a couple things you can do that are like, oh, these are weird little outliers. But it's mostly, it looks like a straight trunk of a tree. Yeah. And then, like, a couple little things on the side that go out yeah so ultimately you always end up having to go into this cave and fight this beholder and do something with baratheon oh yeah the the few ways we found where you can just die uh before you get to the end is one's the beholder the other is there's a point where you get confronted by the druids and you have to either run away from them or fight them but if you fight them you just die yeah there's another one in the tree which is there's wolves outside of a building and if you choose to go outside and fight the wolves the wolves eat you yeah your characters can't handle wolves i mean granted wolves have always been super dangerous because they have pack tactics and knockdown but still that's a level one monster out there this is the one time to shine for your shit party yeah come on guys Uh, he he's finally giving you a cr equal to your level yeah and you can't do it can't do it you little shits uh so there you go that's uh D &D scourge of worlds yep yes indeed it is dank wretch it is super weird and dumb so uh (laughs) so jeff yeah, you want to? I mean, this is weird. I'll I'll let you pick from any of the timelines here. But what was the best thing about this? Yeah, I do. I can pick from any random little video in the thing. Yeah, any of the l- little vignettes. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna say my favorite vignette in this is the option to abandon Baratheon. I'm sorry, abandon Rain to the Beholder and run away. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's hilarious to watch. It's just like what? It's like what? I thought my party was like brave people, but no, they're like ooh, ooh. yoink, exit stage left, even ooh, fucking dust cloud in their shapes, <laughs> just a rectar shaped hole in a cave wall nearby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shouldn't have made that left turn at Albuquerque. Excuse me. <laughs> oh my god, it's so dumb. I love it so much. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm not going to pick that same one, but I 100% agree with you that that is great. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite scene? Uh, I think my favorite one, just for the absolute body horror of it, is when you decide you're going to uh, let Baratheon go, because there's a lot of close-up on Regdar talking, oh. and it is just like, oh, no. Oh, this is, this is like capital W wrong. Yeah. Like, there is just something happening here that makes me be like, this is this is some straight up alien body horror. I mean, you have no idea how bad the CGI in this is. The CGI aliens in the Eiffel sixty five blue video are better than this. <laughs> this is this is like someone saw food fight and went, I could almost aspire to that. I could do worse than that. <laughs> I'm gonna try. What do you got there? A daytime antihistamine commercial featuring a talking booger? I can make something uglier. <laughs> Just watch me try. Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and I mean, like, you see his teeth, and it's just, like, this row of of just a mass of teeth, and you're like, oh, He's got, like, 90 teeth. (laughs) It is, you, 
You are out of nightmares. It's like he's got a full circle of teeth in his mouth on you, the top and the bottom. Oh, yeah. Th- this guy is like he stepped out of a nightmare. He is like the Corinthian. This dude is <laughs> Corinthian. He's got teeth for eyes. He is creepy as fuck. Yeah. And he's still that light green for no reason. Yeah. I'm, like that is my favorite scene just because watching him try to talk is. Oh. I think I think if I were to give an honest answer that was not a scene in the movie but my favorite thing about the movie mm. it would be the fact that this movie true to every appearance of the character ever allows you to easily and repeatedly kill Regdar. <laughs> uh good so that's something that i thought i was pleased when i saw Regdar lying dead on the ground i was like ah, oh, look at that Aww. i mean if you've never heard the story of why Regdar is constantly getting killed it's because he was added by committee decision late in the development of third edition uh, They're it, like, yo, we need more white dudes. We need white human dudes. We need a white human iconic fighter because it won't be cool. With it. No one's going to buy this game without one. And the designers were like, no, nah, man, Tordak is fucking rad. And they were like, have you seen this dwarf? Have you seen this rad dwarf? And they were like, no, more humans. So they, they sort of half-assedly put Regdar in the game. And then every time they got the chance, they drew him being eaten or stepped on or something. Oh, yeah. The, the amount of pictures of him dead or in the process of dying yeah or someone found his helmet and it's just like next to a skeleton yeah i mean it's not the best story in the world because they've always the, the rest of the story is the author saying like i i wanted to put way more people of color into this game because i thought that was important for players to see but you know dwarves are just dwarves and halflings are just halflings but it was important for me that they're people of color and i was like oh so so like if you're a little white boy you can aspire to be a dwarf but if you're a little black boy, you can't. You can aspire to be a little black human. That's your only option. <laughs> Fuck you, authors. Truth is, they were blindly stumbling towards a good idea. They eventually got there. Yeah. So, uh... But so, yeah, fuck, fuck Regdar, though. So, worst thing in this, then. Oh, shoot. Well, you just spent, like, five minutes talking about Regdar talking. Oh, God, I love it so much. <laughs> it's so crazy. Uh, let's see. My least favorite thing in this is the extreme lack of threat from that fucking Scourge. <laughs> the Scourge is basically a little lantern with a key that's a little, like, piece of chalk. And the, the only time it actually activates and kills everyone, you, it's off screen and you don't see it. Rocks just fall on you. That's when you do the stay and fight the beholder ending. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's just this fucking little lantern thing, and it never does anything once it's on screen. No, even when it's like, oh, we activated the Scourge, and then a Dracolich shows up, it's just... It unlocks the floor, yeah. and the Dracolich comes it's out. It's like, you put the key in the box, and then it's just a Dracolich shows up. You're like, oh, the, the box didn't even do anything. Yeah, you had to solve the box, and then the Dracolich shows up, and he's got such wonderful sights to show you. Yes. <laughs> and then some chains fly out. Yeah, and then Jesus uh, weeps. Although realistically, it's just him breathing fire three times in a row. Yeah, but you drag. Come on, man. You know that's a that's a per round ability. <laughs> you got to do a claw claw bite at some point. You lazy ass dragon. The uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. The worst thing for me in this movie. God, I want to just say that it is. The the fact that you have to keep clowning on druids the whole time in order to get a good ending. Well, also the fact that Lydda never once does anything useful. No, that's fine. That's in character. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the fact that the, the game takes what seems like very obvious choices to be heroes mm-hmm. and makes it the wrong choice is so frustrating for someone doing this. Yeah. Because, like I said, we watched this like four times before we gave up and internet searched how to do this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But ultimately, the answer is fuck druids is the right way to win this game. Yeah, it's just every time druids show up, they're like, hey, we're trying to stop the end of the world. If you could maybe listen to us. And you go, nope, get dunked on. I will never listen to druids. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. The I enjoy the idea 
of a choose your own adventure thing, mm. but they went about it in such a way that it made it so hard to do what is correct. So, John, uh, let's say let's give this one a scale on a scale of of uh, the best interactive DVD of all time. <laughs> Which I believe you'll probably go ahead and say is atmosphere. The, probably nightmare, but then it'll go, well DVD, so it has to be atmosphere because nightmare was a VHS. <laughs> I so, knew it. So there I, knew, you go. I was on board. Kufu, demand whose turn is it? <laughs> you are in a black hole. <laughs> you must find a keystone. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I, I'm sorry. It's really you who should be asking me what I think on a scale of 1 oh, to yeah. 5 or so, whatever the fuck. So 1 to 5 that uh, each of us will give that, and that gives us our rating out of 10. Jeff? I'm going to give it a 1.5, and, and all of that is for the, the novelty of the interactive elements. Oh, yeah. That's that's all it's getting, because the production values are zero. The plot is fucking stupid. The voice acting is terrible. Everyone looks like a fucking idiot. It, it clowns the iconic third edition characters into dimwits. And ultimately, the only part of this that's cool is that it's the only choose-your-own-adventure DVD I can even think of. Yeah, I mean, most of the other ones were, like, interactive board game things or games like that where it didn't really... You lose a turn. Yeah, no, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to watch a movie. It was, here's a weird interactive DVD that goes along with some game. I'm going to tell you how to jack off. I mean, I assume that exists. I don't, I, I've never actually seen one of those interactive porn DVDs, but... I'm going to tell you how to jack off. Look, I guarantee, fucking to you, that that is an entire genre of porn. Garen, goddamn I, I give you the Jeff seal of approval and surety, without having seen any myself, that there's a whole genre of porn that's a woman instructing you on jacking off. <laughs> Great. But is it like, in that I don't know how to... And it's no, like it's step by step, like, okay, <laughs> it's here's how clinical. you jack off. And she's just, like, got a big old whiteboard, and it's got, like, the, the clinical diagrams of the penis. And she's oh, just shit. like, all right. Who was the Surgeon General during the Clinton era that gave all that, <laughs> was, like, pro-masturbation for teenagers or something? Oh. That's that's who it is. It's yeah, that lady. She's just it. like she's just like, at this point, what you're going to want to do is start using measured stroking patterns. <laughs> uh, I'm wearing a lab coat. Yeah, just and, and, not sexy in the least. And under my lab coat, lab clothes. <laughs> and under my lab coat, another lab coat. <laughs> An even thicker lab coat. <laughs> it's lab coats all the way down. <laughs> just a, I'm a lab coat golem here to explain how to <laughs> masturbate to you. Come on, that's not... <laughs> Oh, that's, man. That's not the grossest porn we've described during this episode. We already <laughs> talked about beholder diaper stuff. <laughs> uh, lab coat golem describes how to masturbate. Only here on Movie Mastery. <laughs> okay, I'm giving this a one and a half as well, mostly for the discussion that it has inspired. So it gets a three out of ten. And I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. So, you know, sort of a weird novelty thing. Uh, kind of cool that it exists. Not that great, though. Surprisingly expensive is the, is the thing I found out. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that they were like, oh, yeah, this is what we're going to do with multiple printings and really shove this. I'm sure the second they got a copy of the finished product, they went, oh, fuck. Well, uh, we already bought a printing of this, so we may as well do that. But let's just let's turn off this spigot as fast as we can. Let is, let, let's not advertise this. Let's just put it out as quietly as we can. We'll release a new one in 3.5 edition, and we'll have added Gimbal the Bard to it, but he'll just be in the background of every shot. <laughs> he just... Pokes his head in. Eep. 
Hello. It's me. I'm Gimble. It's me. I was also here. Also me. Also Shizor. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sue Perkins. <laughs> that means nothing. No. That means nothing to anyone. That's no, just a means, joke for us. It means nothing to any of you, and I don't care. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Movie Mastery. Uh, we, of course, can be found on the SystemMasteryPodcast.com. That's our website. And uh, we've got System Mastery at uh, Reddit and Gmail and Twitter and Facebook and all of the various nonsense things you can do. And if you want to give us a suggestion on what we should watch, you can, of course, go to the Reddit thread for the big movie list. You'll find everything we've got on there. Make your suggestions there. And like this, if you want to actually send us the movie, then you get onto the list twice just so you can have a little bit more of a chance to get your thing on there than other people just because you went out of the way to send us something. Yeah, they, when they get sent to us, we give them two shots. Yeah. They get two chances on the big list. Your chances are still really low because the list has like 180 entries on it. Yeah, but, but it's, a, it's a better chance. But hey, we got this one, so yeah. you know. It happens. Uh, so yeah, you can do that. And of course, listen to all of our other stuff. We've got uh, some awesome content. And we've started up a new podcast. Two new podcasts in the past three weeks. Oh, yeah. So we've got our uh, Expounded Universe, where we are going through the novels of the Expanded Universe Star Wars. Yeah. And it's the old stuff, not the new stuff. So yeah, no, no it's, longer it's canon. The, it's the Star Wars Legends. So I have never read any of these. Jeff has read a whole bunch of them. And so he is guiding me through the absolute ridiculous nonsense that is these books. Mm-hmm. So th- that's a really exciting new podcast. At the moment, it's bi-weekly. I am strongly lobbying for John to make it a weekly show. We'll see. We'll see if we get there. Let's see if I can stomach weekly versions of these books. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we've also got our Gamma X Crawl. Gamma Crawl X. Gamma Crawling in My Skin. <laughs> these wounds, they will not heal. It's our first actual play podcast. We're playing Gamma World with our friends Quinn and Brad. Quinn of the uh, Swallows of the South podcast, a really nice guy, helping us run that game. Yep, we got that because of our uh, our goals on our Patreon. And if you want to help us, you can go to Patreon. You can support us there. Helps us do what we do here. Helps us do new projects like our Gamma Crawl X. Lets us bring you more content. And, of course, you and can just buy go to toys. Patreon.com slash System Mastery and go ahead and support us there. Give us a dollar. But until next time which will be in two weeks for Movie Mastery. You have a good one. Give us a dollar, though. No. Yeah. Give, give, ah, give, give us two. Oh, shit. I thought I turned you off. Nah. $2 means a snack to me, <laughs> two, but it means a big deal to you. <laughs> On this day, you encountered $2. It was the most important day of your life. But to you, the donor, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> a Tuesday's day. <laughs> a Tuesday's day.